a lot of times we're the only thing that's separating ourselves from our goals. And so it was just a matter of how do I bring that value? And I think a lot of those skills from before paired very well with my now partner because the beauty of multifamily, it's a team sport. And so bringing complementary skills together is really, really valuable. Welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey, where we explore every facet of multifamily investing and development with top investors, brokers, and service providers who share their strategies, successes, and secrets to help you on your apartment investing journey. Hey guys, David Robinson here. Welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey. As usual, another great guest for you today. Really excited to get into his inspiring journey into the multifamily syndication space. He's got a cool story that I think a lot of our younger listeners will resonate with, and uh, I'm excited to have him on. So Hayden Harrington, welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, David. Excited to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. So Hayden is a real estate entrepreneur focused on large-scale multifamily syndications. He currently has $30 million in assets under management and actively growing his portfolio. He's one of the managing partners at Momentum Multifamily, a commercial real estate group focused on buying institutional quality assets for their investors. So uh, Hayden, obviously a very, very short bio, but we want to hear about the journey. That's what our podcast is all about. And so we want to uh, back up and, and hear you know, what has gone on in your world that has gotten you to this place where you've got $30 million in multifamily under your belt and uh, more in the works. So if you can, let's back up and just tell us where it started for you. Yeah, it goes pretty far back. So I kind of grew up with with real estate. You know, my dad wasn't necessarily an entrepreneur, but um, you know, he had a full-time 9 to 5, but kind of on the side would get buy about a rental every every year, every other year. And um, you know, he was an engineer by trade and so he liked to know how things worked and and do everything himself. So, you know, as a product of that kind of dragged me in all the projects you know, when he needed help in hand too. So that's really where I got uh, first exposed to real estate was just helping him rehab single family homes. And so, uh, like I said, every year, every other year, we'd kind of get a new project to work on together and it would be him and I just rehabbing, you know, busting up floors, doing some framing, and, you know, kind of done it all. And it was an incredible learning experience. You know, not a lot of, um, you know, teenagers get exposed to that stuff, but I was fortunate enough too. And it, it just taught me a ton. And more importantly, though, it, it kind of planted the seed for wanting to scale because, you know, it's a great learning experience. But when you're when you're there doing all the work yourself, it you know it's backbreaking, it's time consuming, and it's it's frankly it's a lot of risk. You know, we had some tenants that would just get up in the middle of the night and break their lease. We had people steal appliances, and you know, it's like how many months worth of cash flow did we just lose, or mm-hmm. how are we going to f- find a new tenant? you know, while we got to front this mortgage payment. And so it kind of opened my eyes to the risks involved. You know, most people think that's where you have to start. Most people do. It's not a bad place to start, but it kind of just showed me that it's not as safe as a lot of people think it is. And that's really, like I said, kind of what planted the seed. And then, you know, when I got older and I got out of college, it kind of you know, ignited that fire on in me to try and figure out how do I go bigger? That was my big question. Cause I knew I was like, okay, I don't want to, you know, I like helping out and doing projects every now and then, but it's not what I want to do long-term. And so the big question in my mind is how do I scale? 
And for a while, there was a couple of years there where I was trying to figure out, you know, how this all works. And I was like, hey, I'm going to get this one big investor. They're going to write me a million dollar check and I'm going to go buy a property. And I got nowhere. You know, I had that dream for a couple of years trying to figure out how do I assemble this team? I was on bigger pockets, reading all the forms, reading all the books and, you know, thinking I had to do everything myself because that's really what I, what I was exposed to. That's what I knew. And it was the absolute wrong approach. And, you know, after kind of beating my head against the wall for a long time, I was like, well, maybe I need to look at this differently. Maybe I need to actually change my approach so I can make some progress because I don't want to go more and more years and not really get anywhere. And so that's when I I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get off the internet. I'm going to get off the books and I'm going to go out and actually talk to people that are doing this because that's really where the best information is, you know, real world experience. That's what I wanted to get exposed to. And so I just started reaching out to anybody I knew, you know, a friend of my dad's owned office buildings. And so I immediately was like, Hey, can I, can I take you out to lunch? I just want to like pick your brain so I can understand what it is you do and how you got there. So I talked to him and then, you know, up here in Dallas where I live now, I, you know, I, I had a buddy who knew a lender. And so he introduced me to him. So I went and did the same thing. Well, that lender had some clients that, you know, built retail centers. They, they built uh, uh, a lot of like triple net retail out parcel products. And so I went and talked to those guys. Then I started attending multifamily networking events around Dallas. And there was a small like family office next to the gym I was working out at that they owned Walgreens and CVSs. And, and so I just started to absorb all this information for people that were actually doing it. And that's really what where I started to begin to make some traction, but still had some hurdles because after I kind of settled on it, I was like, okay, I want to do multifamily. I think that's the safest. It's more along the lines of what I'm what I know. It's it's definitely not the same as single family, but it's it's similar. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're providing housing to people and like an office building is totally different. So I, I just I believed in it more than anything. You know, everybody needs a roof over their head, they need a place to live. Uh, not everybody needs an office, as we've just seen through the past year and a half. And so it's really uh, kind of where I set my sights. And then from there, I was like, okay, I know I need, you know, proximity is power, right? I want to be around. I want to be closer. You know, a lunch is great, but how much can I really learn in a lunch, right? So I started offering to work for free. I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm smart. I'm capable. You know, I'd love to just whatever I can do. Like I'd love to, you know, I'd, I'd love to work for you for free and just kind of put me where you can. And, you know, surprisingly I got turned down for that. And I just, I was left scratching my head. I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm capable. Right. And it took a number of doors being closed and a lot of frustration to, to really understand that, you know, until I put myself in their shoes, I didn't understand what I was really asking for. Because when I'm asking or when I think I'm offering value in terms of working for free, I'm really asking them to hold my hand and give a lot of their time to educate me. What sort of, you know, and I'm not in, in their, you know, the perceived value they're receiving is very, very little. Yeah, I might be able to take some small, meaningless tasks off their plate, but am I really going to make their lives easier? Probably not. And so that was my big aha moment. Like I need to change my approach. I'm getting close, but I'm not quite there. And so that's when I had to assess what is value to somebody like that. Somebody that's experienced, somebody that's busy, somebody that's got a lot going on. 
And uh, the first two things that popped up in my mind were a deal or capital. And, you know, I know with no real experience in the commercial world, finding a deal would be extremely difficult. And, and so I settled on capital. I focused my efforts on trying to bring capital to the table and, you know, a pool of equity that we could pull from. And in, in turn, you know, my potential partner, who is now Dustin Miles, he, he took a tremendous chance on me. But now we, we created a, a pool of equity through a networking event up here in Dallas to educate investors. And that's how I was able to add value and ultimately get on my, my first deal. Man, what a great summary of sort of this progression that you were on, right? And uh, I appreciate you, you know, articulating some of the challenges that you faced and specifically as it relates to, because we hear so often about going out and finding a mentor, right? Going out and finding someone in, in, and even if you've got to work for free, right? Well, you've made such a great point that sometimes just working for free is still a cost to the person that you're offering to work for, right? It's a cost in time. It's a cost in effort. And so when you shifted your mindset from, okay, it, it's not about me just sort of, you know, providing some free labor. I can't just be a, a freeloader here. I have to bring some, some real value to the table, right? Not just, not just a few hours worked on administrative duties, but some real value to the table. And when that mindset shift, that's, uh, that's such a great example of what we need to be doing to be able to bring value to someone else. So I'm interested because, okay, here you are. You know, you realize, okay, I've got to bring value. I like the idea of the capital side of things. That's where I think I'm, I, I could bring the most value. And then we jumped really fast to you've got a partnership. You have this whole meetup that's, you know, a whole networking event and educational platform. And you guys have done an incredible job. Did you have any background in education platforms? Did you have any background in content creation? Did you have any background in marketing? Tell us about that process of building what you ended up building that was very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, out of college, I, I did actually start a nutrition company. That was one of my, my passions too. And that's actually what brought me to Dallas. I partnered with some guys that owned a manufacturing facility. And then actually out of pure necessity, I had to learn how to do marketing, how to learn, learn how to build a website, how to learn how to do branding because we were so broke, we couldn't, we couldn't afford any of that. And so you know, that's really, I think, I think naturally, I just like thinking about a customer experience. I like to think about, you know, when I'm interacting with somebody, you know, what sort of impression am I giving them? Those are the things that I just naturally like to think about. And then in the nutrition world, the big question there was, well, I've got a thousand competitors on a shelf. How do I get a customer to pick me? Right. Mm -hmm. And so after, you know, spending a lot of time thinking through that and designing products around that, you know, a lot of those skills has have transferred over to real estate because real estate, really any business isn't any different. You know, our customers are investors. And the big question is, how do I get an investor to choose us as opposed to somebody else's syndication or offering that they've currently got out at the moment? So that's that's the big question. It really isn't any different from what I was doing before. And that that previous venture did help me, you know, teach me how to do some of these things and really think through the small details that a lot of people overlook, especially in real estate, because real estate is very slow moving. And it's it's mostly the older generation that's doing it because they've been around longer and they've got the, the you know the wealth to be able to do it. And so that that creates a very high barrier to entry for somebody that is younger. 
for me, myself personally, I didn't want that to limit me from taking that chance, taking that risk, trying to figure out a way to get a seat at that table. Cause I don't believe in, I don't believe anything's impossible. You know, even in the word, I like, you know, pointing out that the, the word impossible itself is literally I'm possible put together. You just mm-hmm. got to figure out a different way to overcome those limiting beliefs that you have in your mind. A lot of times we're the only thing that's separating ourselves from our goals. And so it was just a matter of how do I bring that value? And, you know, I think a lot of those skills from, from before paired very well with my now partner, because, you know, the beauty of multifamily, it's a team sport. And so, you know, bringing complementary skills together is really, really valuable. If everybody knows the same thing, you can't bring any value to the table, you know, and you'll just butt heads. So Dustin, my partner, he is extremely you know, sharp with numbers. He was an engineer by trade too. And he's very good at you know, analyzing and understanding if this is a good investment or not. But you know, wasn't as thrilled about doing the marketing, doing the branding and all that stuff. And I was like, hey, I got it. Like, I love this stuff. Like, let me take care of that. And um, you know, I'll put you, present you in the best light possible and try to raise your reputation. And if you see any value in me, great. You know, but my whole goal initially was I want to make him look as good as possible so I can provide him with an enormous amount of value so that maybe, you know, he'll see some in return. I love it. Uh, There's such a, well, a couple of things that I'm taking away from this. Number one is you had an innate skill set. It seems that the marketing side and anybody that's seen your branding and marketing. It's very clean. It's uh, aesthetically pleasing, very professional, very put together. You got, you've done an incredible job with that. And so I think my guess is that, yeah, you did have some experience in that with the previous business that you started, but it's probably a natural skill that, that you have inside of you that you, you naturally lean into that space because, because you like it, you enjoy it, you know you're good at it. And finding that complementary partner that can focus on the operational deal sourcing and underwriting side of things, what a great blend of, of skills. And I think too often, the marketing piece in the syndication business is underappreciated, right? You see the guys that are out there that are really making an impact on the market right now, as competitive as, as it's become, is uh, guys that have done an incredible job from a marketing perspective and really helping the investor to understand why they should consider working with them, whether it be through quality, whether it be through a unique selling proposition, or whether it be strictly just from a pure volume of content. There's a reason why people are gravitating to those that are doing an incredible job with marketing. Any thoughts on that little rant there? No, I, I agree hundred percent. That was my whole thought process to begin with. You know, the, the whole idea is, especially, you know, going back to the networking event, you know, where we were in person bringing people and giving them an experience, the whole idea, the whole premise about, you know, paying attention to all these little details was I wanted in their minds for them to correlate the experience they had at our event to what it would be like if they invest with us to raise that possibility that when they're assessing their options, that they would lean our way. So, you know, all of those, I think, the you know, I, I say this all the time, the little details make the biggest difference. And it's paying attention to each of those little things, and it will make a dramatic impact. You know, one example, you know, post close after we did that property, something we do different for our investors is 
we're not only on top of our asset management and sharing, you know, pictures of rehab projects and stuff like that, but, you know, we bundle all that up into a monthly newsletter. You know, it's really not any extra effort. I mean, it's a little extra effort, but like we have, you know, weekly meetings with our, uh, our management team and we're essentially just taking notes and then packaging that up for a newsletter and then send that out to all our investors. But it makes the investors feel like they're closer to that deal. And then again, it's correlating the experience they have to future experiences, right? If they know that we're sharing updates for every CapEx project, we're showing literally, you know, pictures and telling them about the progress, you know, that takes work, that takes effort. And then in their minds, they can rest assured that we're looking after their investment. And so where are they going to invest next time? If they're not getting that from somebody else, they're going to be like, well, shoot, you know, I want to go to the momentum guys because they provide me with everything that makes me sleep better at night. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So just to give our listeners some perspective, and we didn't really explain this, but roughly when was it when you, you know, started to explore all these different asset types? And ultimately settled in on multifamily, and then decided I'm going to I'm going to focus on this, you know, the marketing and capital raising side of uh, of the business. When, uh, give us a, a rough idea of timeline. I'd say probably. So I met my partner now uh, three years ago, and I had been you know trying to figure it out before then even. So you know it's definitely been a long journey. I'd say at least four years, if not more. Like I said, initially, I, I tried to you know, do it all myself, and that was even previous to that. And then when I discarded that idea, I started, you know, I'd say probably uh, around 2017 or so, trying to really understand the game that I met my business partner in 2018. And 2018 was really uh, the year of kind of going out there and trying to you know, connect and going to networking events just to educate myself on how, how this space even works. And, and that just, it, it just takes time, you know, building yeah. relationships take time. So many people want everything to happen instantaneously. And uh, the problem is, you know, these are long-term investments. These are big dollar amounts. You know, it's, it's a major red flag if you say, okay, I just met you, let's do a deal together, you know? And I, and I understood that and that was okay. You know, I'm more than happy to delay my gratification if it means, you know, making, realizing a goal. And so, you know, it's definitely been a long journey, even after, you know, meeting Dustin and doing the meetup events. And, you know, that was kind of like the dating process for us as partners, because so the the networking events really served a a couple different purposes. And that helped us just to get to know, know each other on a personal level, on a professional level, and how we work together, how we communicate. These are all extremely valuable things, especially when you're looking at a long term partnership. And so, you know, I think it was a really valuable experience and I'd, I'd recommend, you know, getting to know potential partners in similar fashions. You don't have to do obviously the same exact thing, but, you know, spending some time just understanding people on a personal and professional level, I think will serve you well in the long term. Yeah, for sure. And so 2018 was this time frame when you said, hey, you know what, I'm going to start getting out there, going to these networking events, really start to understand the industry. Around that same time you met Dustin, when was it when you guys decided, hey, you know what, this looks like this is a good match between the two of us and let's make this a little bit more formal. Just give us an idea. Yeah, it was it was kind of a fluid process. You know, the more networking events we did together and as that grew, we kind of solidified things over time. So at first it was kind of like we're separate, but together, 
But as we began to work with each other more and more, you know, I began taking on more responsibilities too. Dustin started teaching me how to underwrite, started, you know, letting me take on more of that role. And then over time, you know, talking with more brokers and just helping me get connected. So that uh, all that stuff takes time. You know, I'd say over the course of the first year is when we really kind of started to solidify things and then start like offering on properties together and stuff like that. But, you know, I'd say it, it took kind of six months probably to get going. But, you know, after that, I began, you know, after that six month mart of us saying, hey, yes, let's do this networking event. Let's team up, see, see how it goes. You know, things started to, you know, we kind of started to solidify the team. Yeah. Love it. And then after that time frame, when was it that you acquired your first deal together? So we we met in late 2018 and started, you know, doing the networking events kind of early mid 2019. And it really took two years to get that first deal. Um, you know, we got our first, it's actually an interesting story. We had our first offer accepted in March of 2020. And for everybody that knows, that's really when the whole world started shutting down due to due to COVID. So that was a roller coaster week. You know, you spend a year's worth of effort, you finally get the offer accepted, and then the whole world shuts down to a global pandemic. It was just, it was wild. Did not expect that. Thankfully, we didn't get the offers just accepted and we weren't under contract. So that saved us some money. But you know, it ultimately led to a far greater opportunity because we we took a very proactive approach. So we kept underwriting. We kept trying to understand where the risks, where the reward was going to be on the other side of uh, the pandemic and uh, ultimately landed our first real deal together in Q4 of 2020. I think it was October 2020. And then we closed on it in January this year. Oh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, just real quick, I know we're short on time today, but real quick, just what was the deal? Yeah. So it was a 228 unit property in Northeast Houston. We bought it for um, just shy of about 30 million and we raised a little over 10 from our investors. It was 10.3. So it was, yeah, it was an interesting experience because, um, and like I said too, that deal that in March, that was a 1963 deal kind of a, a true class C asset. We shifted our focus to newer just to mini- minimize risk on the property and tenant side. As a result of the pandemic, that's really what led mm. us to. So like I said, it, it ultimately really worked out in the end. But yeah, it was, you know, bigger than I could have ever imagined, you know, just humbled and, you know, excited to be a part of it. Yeah. And so there you are, you know, your first deal raising 10.3, you know, spending literally two years getting to that point, right? Uh, a lot of people here, we, you know, we often have guests on the podcast that talk about quick journeys, quick start stuff. You know, they hit early on fr- when they first get started. But the reality is the majority of people are in a scenario where they put in a tremendous amount of work and effort up front. And uh, it seems like it's overnight, but it really, it really isn't. It takes time and energy and effort and ultimately time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. Like I, I'm 27. So it seems like things have happened quickly for me, but you know, to your point, it's been years and years worth of effort, years of zeros of not getting, yeah. feeling like you're not getting anywhere, but you know, I believe in, you know, surrounding yourself with good people and, you know, just believing in what you're doing, have a, a higher purpose than just monetary means and, you know, pursue what you're passionate about and good things will happen. 
Yeah, love it. Well, I'd love to have you come back, talk to us a little bit more in depth about your 228 unit deal. And, you know, obviously there was a lot of groundwork laid prior to raising 10.3 on your first syndication deal. And I'm sure there's other players involved. And uh, I'd love to have you come back on and talk about that process and sort of the framework that you built to be able to execute on a deal of that size early on. But uh, we need to start winding down here so that we can get you off to your next appointment. But a couple of questions before I let you go. The first is, uh, what's the best advice that you have for someone who's just starting their apartment investing journey? I'd say be patient. <laughs> you know, Like we've talked quite a bit about this, it takes time to see a tremendous amount of effort you know, just be patient. You know, it's it's not going to happen in a month. It, it might not even happen in a year, but as long as you're persistent and you put continuous effort and, and it takes a tremendous amount of effort. I mean, this was every day, uh, all day long, you know, trying to add value and trying to figure out, hey, how do we grow this thing? How do we get a deal? Underwriting, talking to brokers, you know, it takes a tremendous amount of time. So being willing to, to commit, and just just be impatient. It'll it'll come as long as you're you're consistent and uh, you keep putting forth effort. Yeah, love it. Well, Hayden, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your journey with us, and uh, talking to us a little bit about the process that you went through to uh, build what you guys have built and this foundation that you have set for you guys moving forward. What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you and learn more about what you have going on? Yeah. So our, our website is just MomentumMultifamily.com. If you search on Facebook, we got a great Facebook community as well that you know, you're welcome to join. And then my email is just Hayden at MomentumMultifamily.com. And that's H-A-Y-D-E-N at MomentumMultifamily.com. Love it. We'll have all that info in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Hayden and the Momentum Multifamily team, go ahead and click on one of those links, reach out to him. Uh, Hayden, again, thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yeah. Thanks again for having me, David. Hey, before you go, if you and I haven't connected yet, please head on over to canovocapital.com. You can join our investor network or download our free passive investors guide to multifamily syndications. Either way, I'd love to connect with you personally. Also, I just want to thank you for listening to the show and providing feedback and reviews. If you haven't already, please, please, please take a second and leave us a rating and written review. This helps us to be found by new listeners and helps us attract great guests in the future. Thanks again for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great day.